When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Now, children, I must go in. Oh, why, Mommy? Oh. I'd love to stay out here in the garden and play with you, but I've got to tidy up the house. Mr. Carmody from the church is stopping by. I didn't know that. I didn't either, dear, until just a moment ago. Oh, then it's another one of your visions. We'll see. <laughs> Don't get too soiled. I may want you to join us for tea. Things like that were always happening to Mama. As early as I can remember, she was able to tell when the phone would ring or someone would stop in or a relative would die. Peter and I, Peter's my brother, at first we thought all mothers were able to see into the future. It was only some years later that we learned. Mama has a gift. It's called clairvoyance, the ability to see things which are unseen to others, also called second sight, and more recently, precognition. It's the mysterious and disturbing ability claimed by a few to be able to forecast future events. Mysterious because we're at a loss to explain the source of this strange talent, and disturbing because when you come right down to it, do we really want to know what the future will bring? I'm going to give this up, Margaret. You can't. I don't want to see the future anymore. Not if it brings so much sorrow. But you can't stop now, Mama. Tell her, Peter. Mama, the publisher. What will happen to us? But we have plenty. How much more do we need? It's not a question of need, Mama. When the world is waiting in line to buy up the weeklies that carry your predictions, we can have any price. There's no limit to it. They'll pay you anything you ask. So you can't stop now. But then when may I stop? Never, Mama, never. Our story, Mama Has a Gift, stars Theda Berkeley, Victoria Carver, and Eric McCaig, and continues in just a minute. And now, Crisis presents Mama Has a Gift. little girl, and Peter was still wearing nappies, a mother and father agreed to divorce. There had been a terrible row. I'd heard it all one night, hiding at the top of the stair. Of course, I didn't understand it then, but I knew it had something to do with something Mama had seen. Whatever it had been, it made Daddy awfully angry. He kept insisting Mama was crazy, that it had all been in her imagination. Of course, I didn't know what that meant. And then Daddy slammed the door and left. And we seldom saw him at our house again. It was to be nearly ten years before Mama spoke to us about it. About the thing that she was able to do. That had been a part of our lives, Peter's and mine, from the beginning. So you see, my dears, having this kind of strange ability mine isn't all that pleasant. You mean, you're different from other mums? <laughs> well, I hope not too different. 
Just in this one way, I seem to be able to know what's happening, or going to happen, a long ways away. Oh, I think that's thrilling. What's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. But you said you could tell what was going to happen. And you can't. You always know when it's going to rain, and you tell us to take our galoshes it's and... It's not an everyday thing, Meg. Let me try and explain it to you. Sometimes when I'm busy doing something else, I'll suddenly hear a voice. Or see a brief glimpse of something. Out of the corner of your eye. Well, almost. Or I'll have the strongest impression in my mind that such and such is going to happen. Can I learn to do it too? I don't know, Peter. I don't know if it's something you can learn or if it's just something people are born with. A gift. I wish I could do it. Oh, you're better off not knowing how. Sometimes I wish it didn't happen to me. Like right now. What do you mean? I'm afraid Mr. Waltham is about to pay us a visit. The landlord. Can you see him, Mama? Out of the corner of your eye. Something like that, dear. There he is. You two stay in the kitchen. Uh, good evening, Mr. Waltham. Evening, ma'am. Sorry to bother you again, but I've come about, come about the, rent. the rent. Yes, I know. Won't you step inside? Now, Mrs. Scott, you, you've got to admit I've been a patient man. Yes, I, I know you have... You, you see, my former husband is late again sending the check. I'm sorry to hear that, ma'am. It must be a great trial to you. But the fact the is fact that... The fact is that you're a businessman and debts have to be collected. And we are two months behind. Is that about what you were going to say? It beats me, ma'am. You've done it again, taking me words right out of my mouth before I spoke them. She does that all the time, Mr. Walton. She can do that and a whole lot more. Margaret! It's true. She can tell what the weather will be tomorrow and, and when the phone's going to ring and, and, and even when trains are going to crash. Hey. All right, now that will be quite enough, you cheeky thing. Oh, forgive my daughter, Mr. Waltham. She's only 15 and watches far too much on the telly. Wait a shake. Is that true? I mean, predicting the future. It is. Mr. Waltham, I know you've come about the rent money. All I can spare you today is seven pounds and a few shillings. The moment the cheque arrives, I'll pay what I owe. All right, very good. Let's get back to that other thing for a minute. You know, so, so often when I've come round here, Mr. Scott, you've finished me sentences for me. Just like you did a minute ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that because you, you knew what was going to say? It is, yes. She does that with Peter and me all the time. Now, that will be all, young lady. You go back and sit with your brother. Yes, ma'am. I don't suppose, Mrs. Scott, you could look into the future. Tell me which horse is going to win the races, Epson, this Saturday. Uh, Mr. Waltham, I would consider it a great favor if you would forget what my daughter said. She's young and impressionable. Yes, I'm sure she is. Well then, Mrs. Scott, how about just telling me when the envelope with your check in it is going to arrive in your post box? I wish I knew the answer to that. Look, I'll check around the town and see if I can find work somewhere. Perhaps the children are old no, enough. No, 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 I wouldn't want that on your conscience. <laughs> oh, yes, even landlords have consciences. Do the best you can, Mrs. Scott. And I'll wait as long as I can. Oh, thank you, Mr. Waltham. Good day to you. Wait. Hmm? Wait. What's the matter? What are you staring at? About your horse race, Mr. Waltham. Eh? Would there be a horse named Indigenous? Indigenous? Well, I don't know. Here, I've got the racing form in my coat. I'll just have a look if you don't mind. Now, let's see. Indigenous. Mm, yes. Not much of a runner, though. The handicappers don't even like him much. Why? Because that is the horse that is going to win this Saturday. I'll never forget that Saturday night. 
We'd all forgotten about Mum's prediction, and I was getting ready to meet my boyfriend, Orville, when there came a knock at the door like the crack of doom. Oh, I'll get it. It might be Orville. No, it's not anyone for you. It's for me. Good evening, Mr. Waltham. And it is a good evening, Mrs. Scott. A very good evening. May I come in? Oh, certainly. Well, you've done it. Well enough you have. You've done it. I have? This week when I stopped about the rent, and you gave me the tip about indigenous in the rice at Epsom. Yes? Well, the tip was good. Oh, I'd almost forgotten. Yes, the horse won. Won? It not only won, it paid 22 to one. And I put a hundred quid on it. You're absolutely amazing, Mrs. Scott. Here, this is yours. What is this? Your half of the winnings. Minus the back rent you owe me. Why, I can't accept this. Of course you can. You earned it. Not only that, but I want you to do it for me again. We'll be a team. Keep this up, Mrs. Scott. I'll see you become a very rich lady. Peter and I had never seen so much money in our lives. After Mr. Waltham had gone, Mama stacked it on the breakfast table, and the three of us just sat there and stared at it. Overnight, we had money, and there was more to be had. Mr. Waltham became a regular visitor. My bitten shop thinks I'm some kind of wizard, Mrs. Scott. We have one rather a lot, haven't we? Oh, it's them long shots I love. Give me a horse that comes up from nowhere. <laughs> what have we got going at Salisbury? I, I, I can't seem to get anything on Salisbury. Uh, what about Brighton? In one of the races, a horse named Marvel Maid. Marvel Maid, right. To win? Oh, yes. Marvel Maid, huh? In the fourth. Pretty fair odds, too. I'll put 500 pounds on her. Whatever you say, Mr. Waltham. Money rolled in, and soon Mr. Waltham moved us out of the cottage he'd been renting us to a fancy duplex flat he bought closer to London. For years, it continued. Mr. Waltham made arrangements to wager on races on the continent and even in the States. Never wanted for a thing. Mama, Peter and I each had private motor cars, clothes, everything we ever wanted. It was just past my 24th birthday when Peter and I decided we had to have a talk with Mama about our future. You don't need Waltham anymore, Mama. You haven't ever needed him. You can see that, can't you? Oh, yes, I can see it. But there's no reason to cut away from him just because I could bet on the races myself. No reason. You could double your winnings. That's reason enough, I'd say. You don't care anymore about old Waltham anyway, do you? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. When we were poor and I couldn't pay the rent, he could have thrown us into the street. But he didn't. He was a kind and considerate man. I'm certainly not going to do anything to hurt him now. But he's only using you, Mum. Can't you see that? How long do you think he'd be so kind and considerate if you'd lost your gift and couldn't make him a fortune anymore? We'll talk no more about it. I won't hear of it. You're just getting me upset. And when I'm upset, I can't get the visions. Answer it, will you, Peter? Hello? Oh, sure. She's right here. It's Waltham. Hello? Yes? What? Are you sure? No, I haven't the slightest idea. Yes, of course, that, that may be it. I'm terribly sorry. Yes, yes, all right. Goodbye. What's the matter? It seems, it seems that 
Out of the last four races I picked, we had only one winner. But how could that happen? His betting agent slipped up. No, no, it isn't that. The past few days I've had the strange feeling that I'm losing it. What? Yes, I may be losing the gift. And now we continue with the second act of Mama Has a Gift. It was true. Something was happening to Mama. The week that followed, she picked only three winners out of ten. Waltham prescribed a complete rest, a change of scenery. We decided to fly to the States, Peter and Mama and I. It wasn't our first time, and we knew exactly where we could go to find peace and solitude. A lavish estate in the Florida Keys. Plenty of sunshine and no phones to answer. Mama barely moved from morning till night, sunning herself and sleeping under a big umbrella. But Peter and I were busy. We had plans to make. Don't you think you've had enough? Shut up. You never will learn how to drink. How about knocking off that big sister dialogue? You've got a problem on our hands. Oh, and then some. All right. Let's say she loses it entirely. You have to find work. Dreadful thought. But right now, nobody knows Lydia Scott is a psychic except you and me and Waltham. And he's not about to let the news out. Yeah, but what if the world suddenly finds out what we've been up to all these years? Precisely. What if we told the world about Mama? She'd be interviewed by Johnny Carson and David Frost. Imbecile. Don't you see? Lydia Scott could be syndicated. Her forecast would be the hottest reading in the world. So she's losing her horse-picking talent. She could forecast anything. Anything. While we were in Florida, Peter and I accomplished two things. We broke Mama's secret pledge to Waltham, and we did it in a big way. On the front page of the country's biggest weekly newspaper, a scandal sheet with a circulation up in the millions. Why did you do it? We did it for your sake. Horses. You're picking horses when you could be forecasting crop failures and disasters. and famous people dying. That's what, that's what makes you worth anything to the national investigator. I don't like to predict things like that. Why tell people about disaster and misery? Because that's what the people want to read about. You can get a million dollars a year from just doing one column a week. Maybe ten or twelve predictions, that's all. We made the deal, and Mama made the switch from picking horses to predicting disasters. And my own prediction paid off from the first week. Madam Lydia's column swept the country. Just wanted to tell you how delighted we are with the column, Mrs. Scott. As long as I'm the publisher of The Investigator, you've got a top spot in our publication. Well, thank you so much. Do you know there were three actual suicides because of your prediction about the coming famine? Suicides? Oh, good heavens. Ah, nuts, crackpots. You know, they'd have done it for one reason or another anyway. Listen, can you get anything about Sinatra or the fuel shortage? Say, can you take this down? Why, just a minute. Anything we can print about Sinatra's dynamite. And people are worried about a, a fuel shortage this winter. Then the Arabs and the Israelis. Got that? Y- yes, the Arabs and Israelis. I'll try. Movie stars, TV stars, politicians, disasters, wars. This is all great copy. But I don't want to make people unhappy. Listen, Mrs. Scott, people love to be unhappy. They pay millions of bucks a week to read about who killed who, who divorced who, who's going to die, what's going to happen to us next week, part of the great human drama. 
Well, I can hardly wait to read your next column. And keep up the good work, Madam Lydia. I'm going to give this up, Margaret. Can't. I don't want to see the future anymore. Not if it brings so much sorrow. But you can't stop now, Mama. Tell her, Peter. Mama, the publisher. What will happen to us? But we have plenty. How much more do we need? It's not a question of need, Mama. When the world is waiting in line to buy up the weeklies that carry your predictions, we can have any price. There's no limit to it. They'll pay you anything you ask, Mama, so you can't stop now. But then when may I stop? Never, Mama. Never. But of course that wasn't true. Mama did stop. By the very simple expedient that hadn't occurred to Peter or to me. Four months after she started writing Madame Lydia, Mama died in her sleep. We pushed her into it. Shut up. She wanted to quit, but we wouldn't let her. Stop your bawling. You sound like a two-year-old. What are we going to do? Keep still and let me think. We'll have to call the doctor or somebody. Keep your hands off that phone. What? We're not going to call anyone. But we got to. No. Meg, are you crazy? Mama is dead. Yes. Mama is dead. Does that mean that Madame Lydia has to die, too? What are you talking about? We know what the paper wants her to write. Sensational deaths. Famous people dying. That tops a foreign war any day. What are you getting at? Why are you looking at me that way? Because, brother dear, you and I are going to team up to keep Madame Lydia alive. How? Very simple. I'll write the columns... I'll predict the sensational deaths, and you will see that the predictions come true. Oh, no. Oh, no. You, you can't make me do anything like that. How long do you think we could last without Mama's income? I don't know, but I Maybe won't... Maybe six we... months, at the most. I couldn't do anything like that. Kill people? No one we know, and no one we really like. Or spare Sinatra. And, and, and Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And Barbara Streisand? Oh, all right. We'll spare Barbara. Who else? We'd better make a list. Oh, yes. We'll make lots of lists. And you'll be quite busy. But don't worry, Peter. I won't write anything too difficult. Not for a while. But for right now, you'd better go out to the gardener's cottage and tell him that we won't be needing him tomorrow. Just have him spade up a little part of the rose garden by the east wall. By the east wall. I don't get it. And be sure he leaves his pick and shovel where you can get at it. Tonight. Oh. Do I have to? Don't worry, brother dear. I'll help. That's how we've always been, right? You help me. And I'll help you. Ah, that's what we like to see, the children carrying on in the family tradition. And what Margaret and Peter may lack in the way of natural gifts, they'll make up for with unnatural cunning. But before you go away with a bad taste in your mouth, let me assure you that the story really ends by having Peter renounce his sister's diabolical plans and calling in the proper authorities. Poor Madam Lydia is laid to rest and her conniving offspring are forced to spend the rest of their days working for a living. 
even as you and I. There. All better? I'll be back in a minute. Tonight, Crisis presented Mama Has a Gift, which featured Theda Berkeley as Mama, Victoria Carver as Margaret, Eric McCaig as Peter, and Jay Green as Waltham and the publisher. Our engineer was Carney Barton, script and direction by yours truly, Jim French. Crisis is produced at Audio Recording Incorporated. We invite you to tune in at this time next Tuesday evening for the new adventures of the hard-luck private eye of the 1940s, Harry Nile, with Phil Harper in the title role. And be with us again Thursday night for Crisis. Crisis.